is episode 237 of the Korean Thrive Podcast. And today we are talking about video and Pinterest. So using video in ways you might not have considered before to grow or, or help your customers in your handmade business. And also we're going to talk a little bit about Pinterest. Of course, we're talking all things Pinterest this month on the podcast because next month in the Thriver Circle, I'm running the Pinterest Challenge all through September. It's going to be a daily prompt and a daily tip to help you grow your Pinterest use, to help you grow the traffic to your website or shop. And also there's going to be, uh, you know, support from all of the members and stuff like that. So this month we're getting prepared for that by talking about Pinterest. If you missed uh, the previous episode of the show where I talked about five reasons you might want to use Pinterest. Also inside the Thriver Circle, there is a live, well, there's a live workshop. As you hear this, it's probably just either happening or happened, uh, but the recording of that will be available and it's all about getting started with Pinterest for business. So if you either haven't used Pinterest before or you've only had a personal account or you've maybe let your kind of Pinterest uh, use lapse over the last little while, then this workshop will help you to get a handle on getting started with and growing your Pinterest business account. So I'm really looking forward to bringing that to you. If you want access to that and you're a member of the Thriver Circle, you can just hop on over and uh, watch that right now. And if you're not, you can join us over at thrivercircle.com and get access to not only that video, but a whole bunch more (laughs) of handmade business workshop videos that will help you in many, many ways to grow your own handmade business. So my guest today is Nadwa Flohik, and she is an American who lives in France with her family, and she uh, started her Etsy shop a number of years ago after seeing a lack of representation uh, for her son specifically, and uh, she'll tell the story. But anyway, we uh, we started chatting all about that, and then we got into talking about video, getting into Pinterest. She and I are actually both also Etsy U um, teachers this year. If you're not familiar with what Etsy U is, it's basically Etsy University. It's a whole bunch of Etsy sellers who've been invited by Etsy to uh, take workshops with Etsy and then teach that content on to the Etsy community. And I'm going to have a series of workshops coming up later in the year based on those Etsy U trainings. So keep an ear out for that. If you're interested in one, I did one at the end of last year on SEO and it's on my YouTube channel. So it's all about how to properly uh, plan for Etsy SEO and all the things that go into Etsy SEO. You can find that over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den. It's also here on the podcast a ways back now. So without further ado, let's get started uh, with my interview with Nadwa. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name is Jess Van Den and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010 and since 2013 I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. I am here today with Nadwa Floik and I am really excited to chat with her because she has a lot of awesome knowledge to bring to you on a few really important topics. Welcome to the show, Nadwa. Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me. Thank you for like, she's, I love what she did. Like, this is like pro tip to anyone out there. 
Um, and I know, Nadwa, that your thing is video, so it's unsurprising. But Nadwa actually sent me a video and it was so cool. Like I've had people send me um, audio be- once or twice before. But, you know, if you're getting on a podcast pro tip, send some audio or a video because <laughs> it's really great as a host to be able to, you know, see the person and hear the person. So that was a great strategy. Oh, thanks. For me, it was just... Um... It was like a no-brainer just because I like using video. So I just figured, okay, I'll go with video. It's easier for me to talk than to, you know, write it out and get misconstrued. I love that, though, that you're like, yep, my go-to is video. I'm so comfortable with I'm actually more comfortable with it than writing. And we're going to get it. We're going to talk about video later in the, in the show. But before we get into that, can you give us a little bit of background on what you do and how you got to be doing what you do? Okay, I am a digital illustrator and just meaning I draw, but digitally like on the computer. And uh, how I got started doing that was, it's, um, it's kind of like a funny story. My son was um, in like kindergarten and he was getting ready for the carnival, which is like the, the fair thing that they put on at their school and they dress up in costumes. And I asked him when he came home, I said, oh, what are you going to dress up as? And he said, well, I wanted to go as Batman. But my friend said, I can't be Batman because Batman is not black. And I looked at him and I was like, no, you can be anything that you want to be. So I made him a Batman costume. I got some like craft stuff, some felt and stuff, made him a costume. He was happy. He went as Batman. And then it got me thinking like, okay, maybe his friend said that because he doesn't see images, you know, that are diverse. And I was thinking, okay, I'm not really like a crafter, like a sewer. What can I do to change that? Um, and I figured, okay, well, I'm an artist. I draw. And I started to, to teach myself how to do digital drawings because it was something that I had never um, tried before. Well, I had done like a little bit in college, but um, I needed to learn some more. So I taught myself how to make digital drawings. And I ended up specializing in like multicultural drawings, um, just because I thought, okay, if more people see things like that, you know, maybe my son and other children will have fewer conversations like that. We could mm. just, you know, it'll just be normal just to see like diverse images of, you know, cartoon heroes and um, animations and different things like that. It'll just be, it'll just be normal. And so I started making those drawings. I started putting them on Instagram and people started asking me uh, if I could make some for them and that's actually what led me to opening up my etsy shop as well and when did that happen that happened um i want to say it was 2016 yeah Mm -hmm. so about like almost uh almost four years ago and were you working in like another job at the time or like did you intend on this like taking off or was it just something you wanted to do sort of on the side in the beginning, it was just something that I, I just really wanted to to do on the side because I've always enjoyed drawing. I've always en- enjoyed like making art. But since I got married and had kids, it kind of just got pushed back to to the wayside, and I couldn't mm-hmm. even remember the last time I picked up a sketchbook to draw anything. <laughs> and um, I was talking with my cousin, and she's like, "Well, you know, what do you do with your art?" And I'm like, "Oh, I just don't have any time." And she's like, "You know, that's you just have to make time." Um, so that's like kind of what also drove me. I started, you know, finding the time after the kids went to bed because I was working. Um, and I, well, actually I am still working a part-time job, um, in an office setting. Um, so after I would come home from work, you know, I make dinner, put the kids to bed, 
uh, clean up and then I would just sit in front of my computer and just practice and just start drawing and practicing. And I would dedicate like, you know, an hour or two every night to doing this. And it mm -hmm. kind of rolled into from just a hobby into my side business now. That's great. And just to clarify, you're actually in France. Is that correct? I, yeah, I am. Yeah, just like the <laughs> accent. <laughs> I'm American, but I live in France. I've been here for uh, about 13 years now. Ah, I, awesome. I love France. I've only been once or twice, but it's a beautiful place. Uh, so first of all, I love your shop. Um, one thing that really it was completely obvious, and I love that you have done that, is your niche is very obvious. Like you, you're like, this is what I specialize in. And now hearing your story, it makes so much sense why um, you decided to specialize in what you do. Ha have you seen a lot of positive feedback in the community from like for doing that? Is it something that's rare or unusual at the moment to find the sort of work that you do out there? It's well, to me, before I started doing it, I wasn't even aware of it myself. And mm. I found out that it's not as rare as I thought it was. There are, um, you know, other people doing the same thing, but not tons because I do get mm. feedback from customers, um, and other people who see my work that say, oh, you know, thank you. Like they, they buy a, a drawing, maybe like of a, of a little girl to make a birthday T-shirt for their little girl. And they said, oh, thank you for making this, this image. You know, I've been looking for something that looks like my little girl and I was able to, to find yours and it would work perfectly. I, I made a T-shirt for her and she was so excited to see, you know, this shirt with an image that looked like her. Because like mm -hmm. we, I guess if you don't realize like how important and how it, it can really affect someone when they never see images that look like themselves every day. And when mm. they finally do, it kind of validates them. If you feel like, Oh, you know, I have a place too. Like I can be seen just like everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you and I are actually both in uh, a program this year called SCU, which it, it basically short for Etsy university. Um, which is something that Etsy is putting together, which is really exciting. I'm really excited. I'm sure you are too, to be part oh, yeah, of it. Yeah. <laughs> and basically what they're doing is they're teaching us and then asking us to go out and teach our community, um, you know, all about all the aspects of running an online business. So that's super exciting to be picked. Um, did you apply for that? Did they reach out to you? Um, I think they, I don't even remember. I think I, I just received an, an email from Etsy. Yeah. I think they reached out to me. Um, mm -hmm. and I responded by filling out the application. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really exciting. Um, and have you done much teaching of, of like business stuff? Is that something that you had done previously to this? I have, I've taught actually not so much business, but I've taught like what I do. So I teach other people how to draw digital illustrations as well. So I have a course on that. Mm -hmm. and, and I also try to like weave in a little bit of business teaching and marketing teaching in my Facebook, uh, on my Facebook page and with my Facebook group. Mm -hmm. um, just because I also had people asking me for that information because what happens is a lot of my customers, they're not um, exactly the end user of the product. Mm -hmm. What they do is um, some of them also have shops of their own, Etsy shops and other shops where they take my drawings and they put it on other products like T-shirts or mugs or um, posters or different things like that. 
And so they want information on how they can better sell their products as well. So I have tried to do videos and um, things like that to, to educate them and to teach them. So let's talk, let's get into the video talking now. So how did you start getting into video as, as sort of a way to share your knowledge? Um, I think, well, in the beginning, when I was first learning how to draw, I would go to YouTube and see other people's videos. And I just found it really helpful because I'm a visual learner and mm -hmm. it helps for me to have all of those different supports. So I can, you know, see the written text for the instructions, see the video of what someone's actually doing. And um, I'm better able to work that way. And I figured, okay, if it works for me, then it'll probably work for other people. And um, I think what I started doing was I, I would get um, customer questions from the Etsy, what's it called? Etsy Convo, from like when mm -hmm. customers can write you and ask you questions. Um, I tried to make a video reply, but that didn't work. I was so devastated. I'm like, Etsy, please bring like, <laughs> right now you can put, you can put pictures in, in your link. So I would do like screenshots because a lot of times mm. I have like older um, customers who maybe aren't really tech savvy. And so yeah. they'll, they'll want to use like a digital file, but they don't really know how to get it like out of their, you know, folders where it is mm -hmm. or even where to find it. And I'll show them using like screenshots sometimes. And I was just thinking, oh man, if I could just like make a, a short little video walkthrough and save that and upload that, that would be great. So I tried that. That didn't work out um, just because Etsy conversations, um, the messages thing doesn't have that capability yet. Mm. <laughs> I'm saying yet <laughs> because I'm hoping they're listening, Etsy. Um, but what I was doing was people were also writing to me um, by email and asking me questions. Mm -hmm. And um I would answer them in a video reply there as well. Even when I get customers just writing to me, just saying, hey, you know, I bought your design. I really like this. This is really cute. This is what I'm into because I send out um, emails to my customers. What I, I try to get people on my email list and I send e mm. emails out to them and ask them, you know, what their interests are, um, what got them started, uh, what, what are they looking to, you know, to get out of digital illustrations? And a lot of them reply to me and tell me, and awesome. I write back to them. Yeah, it, it's easy. It's I like that because it helps me get to know them and it helps them get to know me too. So it's mm. not just like a, a one-way conversation where I'm just saying, okay, this is me, me, me. I'm doing this. Like, tell me about your, you know, yourself too. Yeah, um, so sure. I would send them video replies and a lot of them love that. They're like, wow, <laughs> I've never gotten, you know, someone who actually like wrote back to me and and sent me a video like wow that's amazing like thank you so much it helped me to see what you were talking about especially when they were confused about something if i just mm -hmm. sent them like um even if it can be like sometimes i have pre-recorded things for instructions i'll send that to them and they're like oh my god you just saved me like you know an hour or two of like looking for this <laughs> that's fantastic uh are you familiar with loom yeah i, I use loom Awesome. Can you explain what it is to people listening who might not be familiar with it? Uh, yeah, Loom is a, a video service where you can go on. So it's a, it's an online um, company, so you don't have to download any applications or anything. They What they do is you can record a video and they'll give you a link that you can send to someone either by uh, email or sharing like through a message or an app. And that person can click on that link and see the video that you made. And not only can they see the video, but they can also leave comments, I think, in emojis or ask questions right there just under the video. 
um, it's they so have cool. a free and, version and, and a paid version, I think. And I think one of the things that's really powerful about Loom, I've used it myself as well, is not only can you make a video of yourself, but you can make a, it's, it's basically screen capture software. So like, like Nard was, was saying, you can record yourself doing stuff on your screen, like showing a customer how to find a file or download it or how to open it or whatever. And then they can just watch that and copy you basically. Yeah, it's so great. Like, I think I've saved myself, I don't know how many hours and having to like write down the same instructions. Because the thing is, <laughs> um, I'm sure just like you, you probably know send instructions with your products, but people don't like to read so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it's a big problem with yeah. me because i don't really need instructions with my products although there are a few pairs of earrings that i think people get, probably get a bit confused as to how to put them on um but when it comes to descriptions this this goes for anybody selling anything online you you really have to be aware that a lot of your customers aren't reading your descriptions at least not in detail uh so I, I always say, you know, use your photos as much as possible to tell them really important information, even if it means like putting a picture that has words on it that actually explains something. Um, like if you're selling your digital products like like Nardware is, you know, have a picture that explains it. This is a digital product only. Uh, like this is a, a download. Like it sounds stupid and obvious, but I'm sure you can, <laughs> I'm sure yeah, you can relate obvious. to the <laughs> It's not obvious for a lot of people. <laughs> I think people are just busy too, like in their, in their, yeah. you know, everyday lives, they just, they go on Etsy and they see something they like and they're like, Oh, okay. I'll get that. And they just like click and buy it without even reading mm. the description. And I have gotten, you know, it doesn't happen very often, but I have gotten some people that say, Oh, you know, where's my, you know, t-shirt or something. And I'm like, the, no, that's a digital file. Like it's a <laughs> digital file everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So just yeah. be aware of that, everybody. Um, Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about video. Uh, let's talk about your setup. Like, do you have any special equipment or anything like that? I am really like low key. Like, um, I've seen other people that are like, oh yeah, you gotta like, you know, get this camera and the latest gadgets. And I just like to keep things really simple. I mean, I like gadgets too, but um, I'm I'm of the philosophy that you know, simple is better. I actually mm. use my phone to record um, most videos that I have sent like to customers. Um, when I'm recording videos like for my courses and things, I just use my webcam and it's just mm -hmm. like the camera that's um, on my laptop actually. Mm -hmm. I do have a microphone that I use to record um, for courses and things. Uh, so it's an external microphone that I bought, um, just like a little tiny one. Mm -hmm. And I have a ring light that I use just because sometimes what happens is I um, I do live videos on my Facebook page. And because of the time difference, sometimes it might end up being the evening for me. Mm -hmm. uh, just so that I want to be able to send it out when it's like the best time for my audience. And that yeah. usually be like, you know, in their daytime, you know, which ends up being the nighttime for me. So I, I have a small ring light that I'll put on just to have a little bit more light and so that I won't be in the dark. Um, so yeah, other than that, it's like my webcam, my external microphone sometimes, not all the time, and uh, a small ring light. 
That's awesome. I'm pretty similar. I've got my podcasting microphone, which is, you know, a separate microphone. All my YouTube videos, I just use my phone still to record them. Uh, whenever I'm doing anything on my computer, like a live workshop, I use my webcam. I've got some studio lights that I bought on eBay for like $30, but they're really awesome. And that's it. Like you do not need to get fancy and have bazillions of of expensive bits and pieces. I think because I, I feel like this is a barrier for people. Like they're really worried about not having the right equipment to make really good videos. But honestly, if you have your camera and you can find some natural light and you can prop it up, even if you don't have a tripod for it, you can like prop it up on a windowsill and sit yeah. at a good level so that people can see your face in nice natural light. That's all you really need. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I forgot to mention that the, the natural light, if I am like pre-recording something, then I will definitely take advantage of like just putting myself in front of a window. It's like the best lighting to like hide it all. It is. <laughs> I don't want people to see. Yeah, don't have the, don't have it next year, especially when you're starting to get <laughs> like I'm 40 next year. I'm like, mm, that's not so flattering. But front yeah. on, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll often just go outside and when I'm doing just like a quick video on like Instagram stories or something, I'll either stand at my window in front of me or I'll go out on my veranda and like just stand under the shade but so that I'm getting light on my face. And it's it's as simple as that really to get to get good lighting and um let's now talk about like how to be on video because I, I feel like a lot of people are really scared of putting themselves on film did you have any issues with that and if you did how did you overcome them and if you didn't why do you think that is oh no I'm just like everybody else I was super nervous the first time that I mm -hmm. recorded a video um live on Facebook um, just because I was thinking like, oh, what if I start, you know, you just start thinking of all the things in your head that are, that could go wrong that you know, <laughs> nobody even cares about actually. And then I was thinking also like, oh, I'm going to have to start, you know, buying all this makeup to wear because I'm just, I'm just not a, a makeup person. Like I like Me it either. on other people. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not that great at like, I don't know, like how to do all the things with concealers and baking. I don't know any of those terms. <laughs> so I'm just I just don't wear makeup naturally and I was worried like oh I'm gonna go on video I'm gonna have to like you know make myself up and like do my hair up and then I just I don't know I said you know what well I'm just gonna be me how about I just do that mm -hmm. and see how that goes but I was still super nervous the first video I did I think my my voice was like shaky and everything but <laughs> after I realized like nobody said anything about it nobody made any mean comments people were just happy to have the information yeah Absolutely. And did you find it got easier over time? Definitely. Yeah. As you make more videos, like the more you make, the easier it gets. You stop getting, you know, self-conscious uh, in front of the camera and it just feels more natural. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, like I was a teacher, obviously, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to stand up in front of a crowd of people and talk as long as I know what I'm talking about. I'm happy to stand up in front of a crowd of people. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty similar, a camera to me, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm similar to you. I love, I actually love video. Uh, I love doing videos. I find it really fun and enjoyable to do them. Like obviously I have a podcast as well, so I have no problem with just talking <laughs> off the cuff about things. And, uh, but I think just get over that like initial barrier and like, don't start with live video. If you're really worried about it, then, well, I mean, conversely do start with live video and then you just have to roll with it. <laughs> But if you're really worried about it, do pre-recorded video and then, you know, if you stuff up or whatever, you can just do another one and it's no big drama. And the more you do it, the easier it'll get. 
Yeah, and I think the the thing that I was really worried was, was um that you know people would like. I think we're all worried that you know people are gonna make fun of me or they're gonna say like, mm. oh, you said that wrong or you you know you messed up. But nobody does. Well, I don't know. In my experiences, no one has ever said anything like that to me. No, me neither. Um, which is really nice, and I think that. You know, I'm the same, like I, when I first sort of started doing some video, I might put a bit of mascara on and I still might put a bit of like um, just powder on my face if I'm if it's like hot and I'm shiny, yeah. <laughs> just to <laughs> stop that from happening. But I really, yeah, I don't really wear makeup. And that's the thing, like just be who you are, like be yourself and be genuine. And that's the best thing. You, like if you try to be someone you're not, it's going to come across yeah. as being disingenuous. And you'll find it really uncomfortable, unless you're yeah, an actor you, and you're you like, keep cool it with up. That. That's yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, just be yourself. And what you'll find is that if you are yourself, you're going to start connecting with people who like you and and like you for who you are. And I think that's the sort of people you want to be connected with. Yeah, definitely, because you don't want to try to attract a crowd of people that you had to become someone else to get them, and now you have to keep being that person that you're not. Exactly, exactly. So what are some of the – you mentioned um, you're talking about, like, sending video to customers, which I think is such a great idea to show them how to do things. We should all be doing more of that, I think. Um, Do you do do a lot of, like – like Instagram video, live video or Facebook? Is it mostly Facebook that you do? It's mostly Facebook for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think in, in the beginning when I was first learning, I was using Instagram, but I just found it to be <clears throat> too much for me to try to keep up. I was trying to, to be like on all the things everywhere. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, you just can't. Like <laughs> <laughs> You're going to end up getting burnt out. So I pared it down and I um, stuck to Facebook and Pinterest. So my videos are really on, on Facebook because I just found out my audience, it felt like they were more so on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Do you also have a YouTube channel? I do. I have a YouTube channel. Um, I'm not as active there as I am maybe like on Pinterest and on Mm -hmm. Facebook, but I'm, I'm trying to be more active on there. I actually found a little tool <laughs> um, that helps me be more active on the on Facebook and YouTube at the same time. And I was like, yes, this is great. I love it. Uh, it's another, it's a video streaming um, product mm-hmm. called um, StreamYard. And basically you, it just lets you stream your videos uh, to several different applications at the same time. So you don't have to do any extra work. Awesome. That's yeah. a great little tip because, yeah, it's frustrating. Like, oh, I've streamed it in one place, but then I have to, like, upload it to another place and then it's not live yeah. and <laughs> all of That's that sort what of I was thing. Doing. Yeah, before I, I was, like, doing my video on Facebook and then I download it and then I have to go mm-hmm. and upload it on, on YouTube and then sometimes I would just forget. That's awesome. That's an awesome tip. Do you want to learn how to sell more online? I have a free video workshop just for you. It's called the 10 essential keys to successfully sell handmade products online and it'll take you through the absolute key factors that will help you to unlock the door of successful online selling. To get access to it right now for free, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash 10. That's createandthrive.com forward slash one zero.
Okay, so you mentioned Pinterest. Let's talk a little bit about Pinterest. Now, obviously, you, you're an artist and you create visual um, pieces. The first thing I want to talk to you about, because this comes up a lot uh, in the art, artist community, like were you hesitant to put yourself on Pinterest because you're afraid of it being like stolen or copied? Um, I think I, like everyone, I probably was a little bit, but, um, I was probably maybe, I think in some Facebook group, I've been talking to some people and they were like, you know, it doesn't, if that's going to hold you back, then you're never going to show your artwork to anyone. Um, you know, just let go of that fear because whatever's going to happen is going to happen regardless. Even if you never put it on, you know, any social media, let's say you just keep a portfolio on your website. If somebody really wants to steal it, they'll find a way to steal it. So just mm. don't let that hinder you from sharing your artwork. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so how have you used it and how successful have you found Pinterest to build your business? I use Pinterest to bring like, drive traffic to my Etsy shop and to my blog because I also have a blog that supports my business. Um, on my blog, I usually just write articles that help my customers to use digital products. So I'll, I'll write articles about how to use them, um, you know, different ways that you can use them, um, tips and tricks and things like that. So I'll make pins that lead back to my blog and also pins that lead back to my products on Etsy. And that's mm-hmm. really been like a big boost, especially on my blog. I'd say like over 90% of my blog traffic comes from Pinterest. So I mm-hmm. loved it. I love it. <laughs> um, and the, the largest percent of my social media traffic to my Etsy shop is also Pinterest. So how long have you been using it? And do you have some like tips and strategies for our listeners that could help them to increase their Pinterest presence? Um, sure. I've been using Pinterest. Well, I was a user of Pinterest before I even started using it for business. So I don't know. I'm thinking it's like, I want to say Pinterest is maybe like 10 years old. So maybe I've been using it for like five or six years. Mm -hmm. Um, my tips would be just like on any other social media, like if you want to see results in it, you're going to have to be consistent. So Mm -hmm. consistently pinning and pinning good quality pins, like for instance, Pinterest is um, uh, an app that likes vertical images, whereas like opposed to like maybe on Facebook and other places you put horizontal images. And since Pinterest um, prefers vertical images, like you'll do best if you put um, long two by three, I think is what their standard is now, images in there and just mm-hmm. being consistent. Like you can't just like pin like, you know, once a week and then expect to get results. Like, and, and when I say consistent, it's different for everybody. Like somebody might be able to pin five times a day and someone else 10 times a day or some other people maybe 10 times a week, but just get into like a consistent rhythm and then you'll, you know, you'll start seeing results from there. So good quality, clear images that are vertical and consistency. So do you have a, do you have a lot of boards? Um, like do you have multiple boards on Pinterest related to your business or is it like one business board and then a whole bunch of other stuff? How do you kind of organize that? Um, no, they're all related to my business in some way. So I don't have like um, my personal boards on my business um, page. Oh, because mm-hmm. um, just to like explain, you can have a, a business account on Pinterest, just like any other um, social app where you have your personal accounts and your um, business accounts. So it's free to have a, a 
business account on Pinterest. I have a business account and I just took all of my personal boards that I had before and hid them because there's a way that you can hide them from people, like archive them. Mm-hmm. So everything that's seen on my Pinterest account um, relates to my business in some way or other. And it's not just, you know, images of like, you know, of my product and like, you know, with a price tag on it, because that's going to get boring after a while. But mm-hmm. it's usually like, I'll try to do like lifestyle things where I'll show something where it's being used, I guess used on, mm-hmm. on a, on an image, on a product image, like to show how it can be used, like to make a t-shirt or something. And like I said to my blog articles were, are usually like how to articles. So it'll explain like, you know, how you can, take this image and convert it to a different file or different things that are helpful to my audience. So basically you'll want to have pins that your audience is looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that, you know, you've really kind of tapped into that whole educating your customers angle. I think that's such a smart way of marketing, especially if you are obviously creating a product that someone else will then use themselves and any like if any of you out there who are like fabric sellers or pattern designers or yarn dyers or you know anybody who does any of that sort of uh, sort of supplies adjacent or supplies adjacent sort of uh, work this is like a perfect strategy for you like you can be marketing via you know showing people how to use your product consistently in lots of different ways and uh, yeah, I think that's probably definitely one of the best strategies you could possibly use to market that sort of business. Is that, was that something you just kind of fell into doing or was it a deliberate decision to start doing that sort of marketing? Um, it was a little bit of both. Um, mm. I do try to educate myself. I take like lots of courses uh, pertaining to business and marketing and I've learned that through these courses that the best way... Um, to grow your business and to help you is by helping your customers. And uh, it also came from customer questions where I get emails from people mm-hmm. asking me, especially like, you know, just things that you might think are simple to you might not necessarily be simple to your customer. So if you can find a, a way to help them, that's really easy. Um, I think that'll definitely help your business. And that's what I try to do. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because when we get really deep into a into a craft or a medium or something, we kind of take for granted that stuff that we think is like obvious or simple is not to other people. Yeah, <laughs> we we kind of forget that. Um, like one of them, one of the best things I ever did for my jewelry business was to write a really in depth um, page on my site, which was originally a blog post, but I turned it into a page. Just how to work out your ring size because we sell so many rings and I would just get the question over and over again. I'm like, okay, there's this issue in the, like, cause it's actually really quite complex. Like ring sizing is, is it's got lots of different elements to it. And people are like, Oh, I can just use a piece of string around my finger. Can't I? I'm like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, um, you can, <laughs> but it's not going to be right. It's going to be real wrong. So um, yeah. So s- simple things like that, that like to you, you you're trying to solve problems for your customers and also overcome misperception uh, misconceptions they might have about your work like that whole well yeah I can just use a strip of paper or you know a piece of um, string to measure my ring size and it'll be perfectly fine which most people probably think because they don't understand how um, minute the differences are between different sizes and how that 
can actually have a really big impact on how it feel, fits and feels on your finger. So something like that, whatever you make, uh, there's no doubt something like, like if you make clothes, talking about fit and form and like, you know, some people have different length torsos on different length legs and that means this will fit differently. And like all those sorts of things that you are just like, yeah, obviously I know that, you know, it doesn't everybody know that. No, everybody doesn't know that. <laughs> so, so teach them about it and it'll be really, I think really, really powerful. Yeah. I've and that's all. That. Yeah. And it's a great thing to do video about too. Like you can do just little off the cuff videos about some small aspect. Think about some small aspect of your, of your work um, cause you know, you can start at the higher level and then sort of dig down deep, uh, into the details and, and sort of tease that out. And there you'll find it's probably more than you, than you thought that you can talk about. So what have been some of the biggest like challenges that you've come up against in growing your business? Oh God, just, I feel like every new step, you just feel like, oh my gosh, this is like another mountain to climb. Over. <laughs> <laughs> it's like anytime you attack something new, like you just feel like, oh my gosh, I'm just never going to be able to do this. Um, I think like, I don't, know, I don't know, what can I think of? Like when, when I just, when I started doing video and I was thinking, okay, I want to make a course. Like for example, I, I was, mm setting up my course and in my head I was just thinking it's going to be so complicated and I'm not going to know like you know how to set up the steps because like you said when you know something it's just it's just so natural to you you sometimes you forget like hey what are the steps that the person needs to go through mm. to accomplish this and and you kind of like Oh, I know. I, in the beginning, I was kind of like trying to talk myself out of doing it because I thought, <laughs> oh, it's just going to be so hard and it's going to take up so much time and I already don't have a lot of time. Um, so I just try to like tackle them like small pieces at a time. So like when I was setting up my course, instead of saying, okay, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to film all the videos and all of the audio and do all of the editing for my course right now. <laughs> that was not going to happen. <laughs> so instead of doing that, I'm like, okay, you know what? Tackle the small part. Do like, you know, one part of one section today. And then, you know, write it down the calendar to do tackle another section another day and just like, you know, write it out, schedule it out. And that way it just doesn't seem so daunting. It's mm. easier to tackle because it's smaller pieces. And I think I've, I've used that tactic in everything I do, whether it's like, you know, creating a course or making like a, a new collection or setting up a schedule to do um, live videos or just making pins, you know, just sitting down and saying, mm -hmm. okay, you know what, I'm going to make like, you know, my pins uh, for the week. And if I say, okay, I'm going to make them all for the month, like today, I'm not going to do it because it just seems too difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, tackling it just like a little bit at a time. I love that. So I think, I feel like there's like a couple of different personalities. Like there's the people who are the batches and they just want to do every, like all the filming in one day. And then there's the, the people who like to just chip away at it a little bit at a time. It's like the tortoise and the hare thing, but you know, we'll get there yeah. in the end. It doesn't really matter which way you do it uh, as long as you do it. And I think overwhelm is a real problem for people. Like they look at a big project. And instead of breaking it down, they just throw their hands up and go, no, nah, it's too hard, it's too <laughs> yeah. much work, can't do it. 
uh, you know, and then never do it. Whereas if you just break it down into those little, you know, doable chunks, you can, you find out, like you get to the end and go, oh, that wasn't so hard after all. Yeah. You look back and like, that's the thing that I was afraid of. Oh my God. That was so simple. After it's done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because you've done the hard, you've done the hard work to figure it out, right? That uh, you, you just didn't know beforehand. And I think business is, it's one big like learning curve always. There's always more to learn. Do you feel like you've reached sort of a point where you've learned the the most important things and you're just kind of tweaking things as you go? Or do you still feel like there's a lot to learn? I still feel like there's a lot to learn. And and you know what? I'm I'm not scared about that. I'm kind of excited about mm-hmm. that because I'm a person I like learning new things too. Yeah. Um for instance, like I just um I'm trying out a new uh digital software and I'm just I had that same, you know, you go through that, that, those same peaks and valleys of emotions. I'm like, oh my God, it's the beginning again. Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> but I'm also excited because I'm like, oh, I'm going to learn like, you know, how to use this other software. And once I get to the other side, it's going to be really cool. So um, at the same time, I feel like I've, I've learned so much. Like if I kind of like sit back and, and look at what I've learned over the three years, it's, it's a little bit shocking. It's a little bit like, not to toot my own horn, but just like anybody, like once you learn something and you mm-hmm. actually like take the time to look back at what you've accomplished, it's pretty amazing. Um, but I also feel like, oh my gosh, there's so many more mountains to come, but I'm excited by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the way to be, like seeing those challenges as opportunities rather than things to be scared of. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do you have any like top tips for people um, in business in general or when it comes to doing the sort of work that you do that will like help them make their lives a little bit easier when it comes to launching and, and growing a business? Um, I would say the number one thing is probably to have patience, to be Mm. consistent and to have patience. It's like kind of hard at the same time, like you're talking about the tortoise and the hare, because it seems like two opposing things. Like, okay, I'm being consistent. That means like I'm constantly doing, doing, doing. And at the same time, I'm also being patient and waiting to see the results. Mm. Um, because you might put your effort into something and you don't see the results right away and then you get disappointed and you might want to give up, but don't give up. It's like what I would say. Mm. And, you know, maybe it sounds cliche, like, yeah, just keep going, don't give up, but it really does help you to stay motivated by thinking, okay, if I stay consistent, even if it's just like little baby steps, like, Mm -hmm. okay, today I made one Pinterest pen or today I made like, one product or not even maybe the whole product today like you know i just like started knitting this this thing and every day or when you can try to get consistent with it i think um a little tip that helps is to plan those things on a on a calendar um i'm not so great with like writing things down in the planner i keep telling myself oh yeah i'm gonna get a paper planner every year and it just sits there and i never do anything with it So I'm a mix of like, I put reminders for myself on my phone constantly. Mm-hmm. And I also have like a, uh, a uh, what's it called a dry erase board with mm-hmm. the weekly schedule on there. And I just have post-it notes on there to tell me, okay, this is what I'm doing in this chunk of time. So for, you know, 30 minutes, I'm making pins, uh, maybe for 60 minutes, I'm writing emails 
it just since I'm a visual learner, it helps mm-hmm. me to see those post-it notes on the board. That's great. And like, you could just use a wall for that, right? Like yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. using post-it notes, just chuck them up on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm envisaging like painting a whole wall with like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Having like yeah. your rows where you can put your, your, uh, your post-it notes up on, on the wall and move them around and have different colors for different types of jobs and all that sort of stuff. That sounds really fun. I'm like, maybe I should do that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I love it because before I was just writing them down um, like in my phone. But what happens is like once it's off the screen, I can easily forget about it. That's also yeah. why I set up the reminders. So I'll use reminders and those visual post-it notes, and I get like those really flashy color post-it notes. Um, just because you know I like that. <laughs> yeah, why <Helps> not? <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of like patience and persistence, I just want to throw out a stat from our business. Um, the state of handmade survey that I did recently with the ladies from the business of making podcast. One really interesting stat that came out of that was um, 80% of makers in their first year of business make less than a thousand dollars. 80% of the, of the people we surveyed and we surveyed almost 2000 people um, made less than a thousand dollars in their first year. So if you're not making a lot of money in the beginning, it's completely normal. However, by the time we get into two to three years and, and, you know, four to five years, a lot more people are making a lot more money. So there is, a, there is definitely an upward trend. If you can get through that first year where things are, are hard and, you know, you're spending so much time learning new stuff and you feel like you're not really getting anywhere, you are getting somewhere. It just takes time to get over that initial learning, you know, part of the learning curve before you start seeing things go upwards. So that was a really heartening. I know it sounds in one way it's like oh my god I'm not you know I'm not going to make money for a year but if you you know some people did like 20% of people were making more than that but just I think it really brings home the fact that this is a long game like you have to be willing to be patient and to think in terms of like 5 to 10 years if you really want to be growing a successful business you can do it faster but most people especially if you have like you know a job and a family all yeah. those things that take <laughs> up time you can't just work 16 hours a day on this thing uh, it is going to take time to develop it but I think it's worth it. Yes, I, I do too. In the beginning, you don't see it, but mm. you know, little by little, it all starts adding up and you're like seeing those those numbers in your bank account go up and it's just like, oh my God, this is working. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, Nadwa, is, is kind of the goal to go full-time with your own self-employment or do you like having both types of work in your life? My goal is to go full time. Um, right now, I'm also enjoying the working part time because it gives me like a little break from mm-hmm. those two worlds. And, and, and I'm able, I feel like having it as a side business right now, I'm able to test it and see if this is something mm-hmm. that I really want to do. Because sometimes what happens is some people will take a hobby that they love and try to turn it into a business and they realize they probably should have kept it as a hobby. <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs> But um, <laughs> having it as a side business, it gives me the opportunity to test it to see if I really would enjoy, you know, sitting in front of my computer, drawing and, and doing all of the other aspects of the business. Because that's another mm-hmm. thing that's like a little deceptive is that you think, okay, I'm going to turn my creative passion into my business. You think you're going to spend like all of your time creating that product, but you're not. <laughs> 
you're going yeah. to be doing a lot of business administrative things too. Absolutely. That's such a great strategy. It's a strategy I'm a huge fan of that, you know, start it as a side hustle, take your time with it, keep, you know, those other forms of income. And, you know, I know people who, you know, deliberately keep it as, as a part-time thing because they love the, the other job they have, or they just, you know, when you're doing the creative stuff from home, then you can go to work. And if you're, you know, a people person, obviously not so much now, <laughs> but normally <laughs> um, you can go to work and, you know, be in that, in that community sort of setting. And also I love what you said about testing, that it gives you, because you're not relying on it right now to be, you know, you're all the money you're making, you have a bit more freedom and flexibility to play around with things. Yeah, definitely. It gives you that, 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 um, yeah, that time to, to test it out because like, I know, I know there's some people who just like jump into it and just like quit their job and it works out great for them, but I'm more of a, uh, like to play it safe. <laughs> yeah. If, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's like, if especially if you have like kids and a mortgage and things like that or rent or yeah. whatever, <laughs> you need to be a little bit more careful, <laughs> especially if you're the main breadwinner for your family. So, you know, there's so many different ways to do this and they're all equally valuable and you just have to work out the way that works for you. And it sounds like you have, which is fantastic. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. And I just, you know, I'm really excited to see like where it's going to go in the next couple of years. I will be keeping my eye on you. Now, where can people go and find your all of your work that you do, your your um, artwork and also your education stuff? I My website is paperflowdesigns, so that's S uh, at the end of designs.com. Um, if you're interested in my courses, it's, you can find it at paperflowdesigns.com slash courses. I am also paperflowdesigns on Pinterest, on uh, Facebook, um where else am i yeah just pretty much those social media websites um and that's flow f-l-o yes yes sorry that's flow it's a play on my <laughs> last name so it's paper i like love paper, that and then flow <laughs> <laughs> I love a good pun. Excellent. <laughs> well, <laughs> Nadva, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your knowledge. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jess. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you so much for listening. Now, if you do want to up your Pinterest game, don't miss that workshop inside the Survivor Circle and come and join us for the Pinterest challenge in September. Start September 1st. There's going to be a tip and a prompt every single day to get you in the Pinterest mindset, and it's going to be super fun. So that's over at thrivercircle.com. Make sure you've signed up to join us before the 1st of September, and you'll get access to that whole Pinterest challenge just for being a member of the community. It's going to be super fun. I'm going to be participating right alongside you because I need to up my Pinterest game too. And if you're not aware, I'm not sure um, if we mentioned it in this episode because I recorded a little while ago, but you can now upload videos to Pinterest as well. So that's kind of the two things combined. You can upload those videos to Pinterest as pins, and I'm going to be experimenting a bit uh, with that throughout the next month so we're going to touch on that in the pinterest challenge as well thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed this please do share it with your communities on facebook and facebook groups maybe in your instagram stories and i'd love it if you could take a minute or two to leave a rating and a review over on apple podcasts or on my current throw facebook page i really love to hear from listeners and uh, it just helps me to know that you're enjoying the show and uh, what i'm putting out there is helpful to you So thanks again. I'll be back again soon with another episode and bye for now.